Darkcast Network. Welcome to the dark side of podcasting. Welcome to Murder and Mimosas, a true crime podcast brought to you by a mother and daughter duo, bringing you murder stories with a mimosas in hand. Just a quick disclaimer before we get started. Our show is Murder and Mimosa. It's a true crime podcast. This means that we do discuss crimes, including but not limited to disappearances, murder, and sexual assault. All our episodes are told with the respect of the victims and the victims' families in mind. We strive to ensure that we provide factual information, but some information is more verifiable than others. With that, grab your mimosas and let's dive in. Welcome back to Murder and Mimosas. I'm Danica. And I'm Shannon. And we have a special Wicked Wednesday episode for you. But before we dive into that, we did want to let our local fans know that we will be at the Garland County Library, that is in Hot Springs, for their True Crime Fest the first weekend in November. So if you're close, it's free. So come on out and you can have a mocktail hour with your Murder and Mimosa girls. James was my brother. He was six years older than me and extremely smart, smarter than his teachers. He died in 1976 by suicide. The doctor said he had an inoperable brain tumor that was slowly and painfully killing him. So instead of suffering for absolutely no good reason, he took his own life. After his death, my mom and I would hear strange Noises and voices around the house. He was a prankster, and one of his favorite things to do was hide around a corner and scare his little sister when she came by. He continued to do this even after he died. I didn't see him, but I heard him. The phone would ring. But no one was there. We think we caught his voice on tape once, but we're not sure because it was a whisper. Psst. 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 After we moved out of the house and others bought it, we had people tell us stories about strange things going on in the house. As far as I know, he is still there, playing pranks and making odd noises. <laughs> My aunt passed away exactly a hundred days ago today. I've always been close to her, and after my mother's untimely death at 49, I became even closer to her. In June, I'd only spent 10 days with her on holiday in my home country. And then a week after I got back to the country where I now lived, I got the dreaded phone call. She had suffered a fatal stroke and a massive bleeding on the brain. I rushed there the next day, but essentially... She was only on life support, waiting for my other cousin and family to get back to our home country. This was the backstory. A few days ago, I got a call. 
for my slightly spooked husband as I was in a different state for a few weeks taking care of his mom while his brother was away on holiday. He told me that he was just then dozing on the sofa at home and saw my aunt right in front of him, clear as day, talking in her strong voice. How are you, dear? And my husband answered that he was good, and she had a wide smile and then replied, Good, good. And he described her dress, which matched the outfit she was buried in, which she didn't know because I didn't show or even tell him. And then he dropped the bombshell. That was the fourth time she had appeared to him and asked him the same question. He had been too freaked out to tell me prior. I feel so happy that she appeared happy and smiling on all four occasions. And I know that she is well and looking out for us. So I've had a lot of paranormal experiences growing up. The one I remember most as a kid was a shadow dashing across my ceiling after I had just woken up. But I never thought much of it until I grew much older and moved to a certain house. The street's name is even creepy, Sinking Creek. I had maybe a total of three or four experiences at this home, all of which shook me to my core. It makes me really believe there are evil entities in this world that we just choose to ignore. My first experience was at around 11 p.m. to midnight. I'm a smoker, so I would go outside. We had a pretty large yard to this shed that was decently far away from my house. I don't know why, but I was spooked as soon as I walked outside. Told myself I would run down there, smoke, and then leave immediately afterwards. Well, I walked down to the shed, and as soon as I stepped through the doors... I feel something tap me on the shoulder. I froze and stood there solid for a minute before mustering up enough courage to scream, If anyone's out there, you better say something now. No response. I gathered even more courage and then ran around the shed looking, but there wasn't anyone around at all. Surprisingly enough, I went back into the shed to still smoke. I was fine back in the day and then sprinted back inside. That was the only experience I had so far. About a year later, I was serious with a girl and she ended up staying with me for a bit. During that time, we had two extremely scary incidences that we both saw. The first was outside at night in the barn in the back of the house again, decently far from the house. It was late at night, and me and her wanted to smoke before going to sleep, so we went out there to do just that. Now, with someone else around, I don't really get scared of anything, but that night was completely different. We made it to the barn and sat down and started smoking, but the entire time, it felt like something was staring at me from directly behind me outside the barn, so much so that I couldn't even focus on what my girlfriend was saying. All I could think about was this intense feeling of someone looking at me. I told her, let's just hurry and smoke and get out of here. We finished smoking, and as soon as we got outside the barn, I saw a tall, dark-like figure, literally looking like a tall, skinny shadow 
take off towards the shed. I froze and put up my arms in front of my girlfriend. We both noticed it, and we made a run for it towards the back porch. She stopped to look at it again before we went inside, and as I was about to turn around again, she started screaming. To get inside. Later that night, she told me all she could see were red eyes staring at her from inside the white shed. We stopped smoking in the barn after that night. The second incident happened a few months later. We were about to move houses again and had everything packed to the other house and were spending our last night there. Stupidly enough, we smoked outside, but it was on the back porch. We were about to finish up and head back inside until we heard exactly three knocks. Meant to mock the Holy Trinity from right beneath us. I quickly jumped up and ran down the steps to see if anything was there. But once again, there was nothing. We got scared and headed back inside. But for the rest of the night, we would hear random knocks on the window. My bedroom had a window right above my bed. We then started to feel extremely uneasy. So much so that we got into our car and drove 25 minutes to the new house. I was still high from our smoke session and I never drive high, but I knew I could not stay in that house. The random sounds, the terrible vibes, the worst I've ever felt to this day was all way too much for me. There was definitely something pure evil in that house. Feels good knowing I had those experiences with my girlfriend, so we both know we weren't crazy, but then again, it makes it all that much more real. Ghost, demons, entities, whatever you want to call them, they are very real. I'm living proof of that. Several years ago, I was getting ready for work and listening to a radio morning show who had a psychic per medium on doing readings. To listeners who called in giving messages from loved ones who had died, I thought, yeah, right. After listening to a few, I began to cry. <laughs> Thinking about my older brother, Matthew, who had died years before when we were teenagers and how I wish this was real so I could hear from him. About that time, the psychic on the radio says, I'm sorry, I'm getting a reading in a really loud voice coming from someone named Molly. If someone with that name is listening, does the date July 19th mean anything to you? The day my brother was killed. Someone named Matthew really wants to tell you that he's okay and for you to live a happy life. I really began to cry then, but was also laughing with joy. <laughs> That's the only time I've ever had anything like that happen. Years ago, the wife and I were asleep in bed, and suddenly the light goes on, and her mom rushes in shouting, Quick, quick, the baby stopped breathing. So we rush upstairs. <laughs> and our little one has turned over and inhaled part of her pillow and is choking. It was a really close thing and we're just pumped full of adrenaline. 
Then we look at each other. Her mom died 12 months before. My aunt and uncle were looking for a house in Bonnab, Arkansas. He drove the trash truck and she was a waitress. And between both of them, they had five children. They needed a large house to accommodate the children, but they were on a limited income. They found a house that worked. I call it a house, but it was actually a meat market back in the day. When they found it, it was two stories. But the top story was just one whole room, and it had hooks hanging from the ceiling where they used to hang meat. Someone had been in the house and vandalized it in in the top story, it had 666 written on the walls in spray paint, red spray paint that looked like blood. They bought the house and they painted over the walls. They tried to make it look like a home, but I never forgot how the upstairs looked, the hooks, the red 666 that looked like red blood. But they did their best and they did make it a home. My cousin and I were playing one night and we were always told to get to bed early. We were talking, playing around, and I knew our aunt was coming to give on to us. We're laying in bed and we hear steps creeping up the stairs. We thought it'd be funny to get to the top of the stairs and scare her. We get there and we keep hearing the steps. No one's there. We begin to look down. We see nobody on the stairs and we freak ourselves out. We run, jump in the bed and put the covers over our head. We talk about how scared we are, but we don't dare get out of bed. We stay there till morning and then we tell our aunt who didn't ever believe us. We always recommend more bubbly and less OJ. Cheers! If you'd like to see pictures from today's episode, you can find us at murder.mimosas on Instagram. You can also find us at murder.mimosas on TikTok, Twitter. And if you have a case you would like us to do, you can send that to murder.mimosas at gmail.com. And lastly, we are on Facebook at Murder and Mimosas Podcast, where you can interact with us there. We love any type of feedback you can give us. So please rate and review us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.